Welcome to All's Fair in Lava and Floor. I'm Amanda. And I'm Anne. And we're here to talk about everybody's favorite obstacle course game show, Floor is Lava. And this week, we are joined by uh, a friend of mine, uh, Sean Caldwell, who is just an incredibly talented and wonderful person. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're the first person who ever described me as that, so, oh, that but I is appreciate it. Thank baloney. you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, uh, it was, uh, because season three snuck up on us so bad, <laughs> we, uh, truly like weren't prepared to start recording. And so when we put the call out on Twitter to be like, does anybody want to be a guest? And you said, yes. I was like, oh, thank God. I love Sean. This is going to be great. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. This has been a show that, uh, I think for a lot of us, we, we watched it at the start of the pandemic and then just kind of reminded of its glory yes. over and over again mm -hmm. as they drop little, you know, nuggets of episodes every once in a while. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so this week we are watching episode two of season three, which, uh, uh, was a roller coaster, uh, at least for me, <laughs> <laughs> I was wholly unprepared, not just because there was like a full on AEW team, um, mm -hmm. but also just everybody on this show, it just in general, I, I feel like, you know, the season three episode one also had just like a bunch of fit people but this one was so much more than that <laughs> that is true it was a buff crew this, it was uh, the, i mean just are they really getting buffer it feels Maybe? like it i i truly feel or like am i just getting more out of shape <laughs> i mean it could be both i guess but like boy howdy it's it's something else this episode i mean the first team was called the fitness fanatics and arguably we're not the most fit people on the episode yet like also could easily a single one of them just like bend me in half no problem oh yeah oh yeah uh and this team was interesting to me too because it was uh it was frank max and joey and one of them they were just frank they were just like well he uh works out he just is strong <laughs> and then the other two were I don't know if Max is actually a cheerleader or if he was trying to say that would be his role in the room, but he gave me vibes yeah. of being a cheerleader. Yeah, because he he did a little dance that looked like no cheerleading routine I've ever seen. <laughs> right? <laughs> I was like, wait, I don't. Okay. But then the third person was like a full on ballet dancer. Yeah. Which yeah, with good companies too. Like, yeah. So um, somebody who was probably pretty accomplished. Yeah. I mean, he was. He had all of that lean, extremely strong ballet dancer like muscle. It was mm -hmm. he looked scary to me in a way, <laughs> in a way because of it. But can we talk about how they met? Because they set a co-living space and everything oh that they God. talked about just sounded terrible. It sounded like <laughs> the worst experience in the world. I consider myself an extrovert and that sounded awful. Yeah. 
I mean, I would do that for like a couple of days, right? I mean, I, right. I not, I you know, I, I'm not really a, a hostile person. Like, I understand people who who enjoy, you know, a hostile is in the concept, not hostile is in as a person. Yes. I may be hostile <laughs> as a person. It's hard to say. Um, I might be if I had like a tiny little bunk bed with a curtain, and that was my only private space. I feel like yeah. that might not go well in the long term. I mean, I assume this is a a rent thing but you know right. Venice Beach has got to be I know the LA area in general is very expensive I don't know about Venice Beach in particular but you know you could easily be paying like $2,000 for a studio apartment um, oh yeah so who knows what these people are paying for this co-living space but it's nice that they get along that this is yeah you know that they're like oh yeah these these people are my family and I live with them and it's great um versus you know it, it being a negative thing like I thought that was really really healthy and cool <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree. It was um it it gave me a lot of my what I am starting to feel very guilty about uh like midwestern this is why you shouldn't live expensive places hoity-toityness <laughs> where I was like, yeah, okay. So California is a dystopia that this is like all people can afford uh with like real jobs. <laughs> as yeah. far as like living conditions go but also uh i know that that's wisconsin has its downsides uh also so <laughs> um but yeah that that instantly made me go like oh no oh you poor men oh you poor dudes i'm so sorry yeah this was probably the biggest bedroom they've been in in a while yeah exactly <laughs> i love this room in floors lava because they call it like the kids room and mm-hmm absolutely no aspect of it should be indoors um <laughs> at all uh, the, these are all playground equipment things you didn't have a slide and a treehouse and a in climbing rope in your yeah. yeah no i didn't i guess oh. you know we just we kept it really simple in my family <laughs> you didn't you didn't know any wealthy kids i knew some kids who had like not you know full-size playground equipment but you know that kind of stuff in a room like in their playroom wild um, yeah it, it is it is possible it is a thing that that sometimes um rich people do or like with a garage or something they make it into a kid's playroom um and do have this kind of equipment or like a climbing wall or something like that <laughs> so yeah. it's not totally it's less far-fetched than it seems um aside from you know the the lava part right I would say i don't know anyone who had any lava <laughs> yeah that uh yeah that would be a bit of a move for sure only the richest kids get lava. Right. That's that's, you know, next level stuff. That's how the you ones know whose really dads are it. Bond villains and live in a volcano. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> uh, man, that just adds so much potential to the lore of this show that doesn't exist. The like, oh, OK, yeah. So this is actually a Bond villains house. And that's why it's because they they live in a volcano <laughs> It's not that the house was flooded. It's not that there are issues. It's like, no, this is just like it fit the vibe of the type of villain they are. And so they just really mm-hmm. leaned in. They're one of those people. They're really extra and intense about it. That would be great if one of the teams was like, you know, James Bond or secret agent themed. Right. Oh, I mean, the last episode did have the analysts, which. Um, right. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. Had. had some heard sort your of secret CIA something. <laughs> maybe. That maybe. can't be proven. Um, but yeah, so this team was like so quick to like get going, mm-hmm. which I was grateful for. Well, 
they haven't seen the room. I always think of that first scene in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory when they walk in and apparently they hadn't told the actors anything. So their reaction was genuine. Yeah. Like sometimes people like, whoa, whoa. And then sometimes like, whoa, it's just really slippery. These guys really didn't react much. Yeah, Mm. that's true. They were pretty calm on the course, though, in general. Mm -hmm. I would say that we've had, you know, like in the last episode, there was a lot of screaming. Um, yeah, there have yeah. been a lot of screamers on the teams, which is completely understandable. But it, <laughs> so it was the contrast was really interesting that they they were just really calm and level pretty much the whole time. And I think it must just be a personality thing. I actually wondered if it was the co-living space thing, you know, of of being being sensitive <laughs> to other people's needs and not just like screaming when when your team scores a goal or something that you're used to being in a space with other people and they need their privacy. So you just learn to be quieter. I don't know. They, I wondered if that was possible. They've gotten used to the dystopia of living in whatever <laughs> mess space they find themselves in. And so this was like, yep, whatever. This is uh, this is a bedroom. Sure thing. I believe you. I've seen lots of stuff, man. <laughs> I do think that they uh, they showed us almost instantly that every surface in this room was catastrophically slippery. Yeah. Yes. Like, yes. More than any episode of this show I've watched so far, a, a single step onto something could just have you go into the lava you could do nothing wrong and fall in because Mm -hmm. it was just so slippery although Anne, i think you'd be proud of me uh i noticed somebody's shoes good job Uh, i am proud of you frank had shoes that had like practically spikes on the bottom i mean they were like tiny 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 little cleats yeah i think they were climbing shoes um i did not look these up uh to find out but i believe they were climbing shoes of some variety they were and really there's no impressive. rule about that. There's no regulation so. about. No, okay. I think I, as long as it, you know, I mean, I would assume that if it was something that they thought might damage the obstacles significantly, that they would say no. But other than that, as long as it isn't uh, either otherwise like a safety issue for the participants of some kind of like, you know, I guess if somebody wanted to wear like steel toed Doc Martens, they'd tell them <laughs> to think again. Um but other than that, I, I I don't think there are any regulations about what kind of shoes you can wear. Just something athletic, which I think yeah. uh, is a pretty wide category. Yeah, sure. Only because I noticed by the the time the last team ran through it, like the paint was kind of peeling mm-hmm. off some of the I noticed some of the yeah. obstacles. I noticed that too, but I also noticed that some of the paint that had come off because some paint came off basically on all of them. Uh, some of the paint that had come off uh, during Latin Heat's run, the second team. Uh, I like visibly noticed the platform right before the uh, Connect Four board. Uh, you mean was, the four across? I mean, sorry, the board? the four across board. <laughs> um, the uh, the who was it? Lane. You could see the chunk of paint that had come off on the bottom of yeah. his shoe while he was kneeling there. And then when the the wrestling team uh, went, I that patch of. Uh, paint was back so they're repairing it between runs even at least a little bit yeah i think they probably have to i mean i'm I'm guessing that this is you know these these obstacles are presumably some kind of high density foam and you're using like a a a skim of latex paint of some kind over the top and that coating it probably isn't super durable and and once you add the you know the the lava in as well it may be causing some some additional paint transfer or something you know not because it's toxic but just 
like you mix things together and sometimes weird stuff happens. Right. So I noticed that one of the the AEW guys had blue paint on his hand. And I mm. think that he had gotten like lava on his hand and then some paint had transferred as a result of that. You know, that it was like a chemical reaction between the two that had made it more likely to come off on him since I yeah. haven't seen that happen to anyone before. I mean, this whole episode, I was noticing that the lava appears sticky. Mm-hmm. More they sticky. kept saying that. Like, I can't figure yeah. out, like, is it viscous? Is it slimy? Right. Is it? Uh, I know it's it's a secret. Uh, ooh, we can't tell people what it is. <laughs> but I, I, everybody's had like a different reaction to it. And then it looks because uh, after they were finished, I can't remember if it was them or the, the next team. Like they were up on the platform kind of talking to Rutledge. And they were wiping themselves down and it was not coming off. Yeah, that was that was the fitness fanatics. That was uh, Max, yeah. the only one who had fallen in, um, had was like wiping himself down and did not look any cleaner, um, <laughs> which is bananas because like he fully went in. And the only thing the only lava on him was on his arms. Like he had yeah. clearly been able to clean up some and then had some on his arms in a way where I'm like, do they splash you with it if you fell in before you go up there? Oh, definitely. 100%. Yes. There is definitely a PA or somebody or a makeup artist who has a slime bucket and you're, you're getting (laughs) re-lavaed before you go up there. Like 100%. Cause it's definitely a little bit, but it's not nearly what would happen if you were fully submerged in that stuff. Yeah. I'm guessing it's probably like a, like a large paintbrush, like a house brush. And they're just kind of, you know, it's just a sort of, target the goopiness as opposed to just you stand somewhere we're going to throw this at you which would be very messy (laughs) i think i think it's a targeted application um and i've seen you know they try to get it really organic but sometimes it looks a little strokey like they sort of brushed it onto them yeah that's true i want that job real bad i want to be the person who's like (laughs) did you just get all this slime off of you guess what (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna help oh yeah Uh, this whole the, the Fitness Fanatics team uh, in general looked like they were doing so well. They were the ones that made me kind of process like this room. I hope if Anne and I ever get to be on this show that we um, don't have to do it because it, it's the only one where it's like climb a rope to get one of the exit passes. Yeah. I noticed that. Yeah, not all exit passes are created equal. No. There, there's some that are just like right up there on the porch swing. And then some are like, you must relive your middle school gym class right. and all of that to to get out of this room alive. Yeah, here's yeah. your presidential fitness test uh, all over again. <laughs> just do it. Uh, no, please do not start crying. I know that that's what your impulse is going to be, uh, but th- you just got to try. Yeah, this is an especially difficult room. And I think, in fact, that it was more lavalicious than it has been in the past there was yeah. there seemed to be more on the obstacles than there had previously on everybody's run and and that made it really hard like there were some pretty close calls like even um frank uh he was on the the swing about to i think i can't remember if it was before or after he had he had fixed the seesaw um mm-hmm. but he his foot slipped like both his feet slipped and he would yep. have fallen except that he was holding on with both arms and he had the upper body strength to catch himself and i was like if if I, my arms are not going to save me <laughs> like yeah. there's no way i i would be going in if that had happened to me um, yeah it's it's an underrated underrated thing yeah and and shout out to frank for managing the ball i don't i don't i know i don't know too many people that we've seen who've like made it out alive after yeah. jumping on a 
yeah. sphere. Yeah. Any kind of ball shaped. Right. Thing. I can't believe I truly believe that the the sphere obstacles are the worst, the worst thing in any of these courses <laughs> um, by a long shot. So the Frank that the fact that Frank uh like jumped on one got on it and got off is in and of itself deserves at least like a mini lava lamp he deserves an award for that (laughs) (laughs) yes yes i think max also deserves some kind of award for his i'm using my booty song going up the the rope ladder it's a good theme song if this was 2002 that would be everyone's ringtone yes (laughs) (laughs) it was great i was i was jamming to it a little bit and i was like i'm proud of you um good job (laughs) uh they also uh frank in particular uh had one good like flying squirrel style leap and it worked so well for him that he was like you gotta you gotta jump like this man when he was telling joey what to do um and easier said than done right (laughs) but also i mean it worked for them they basically just went like that onto every every uh obstacle from that point forward and uh I mean, the two of them got out and yeah, seemed to work pretty well. I was I was impressed with their dedication to a a very specific strategy. <laughs> <laughs> In general, like they could have done more teamwork sooner probably, but the fact that they kind of started to figure out like, oh, we could talk to each other and help each other out a little suit like a little bit uh toward the end seems to be like the key to them even getting two people out. Yeah. I think it takes some time, you know, even if you don't see somebody kind of verbally react to seeing the room, I think it takes some time to sort of process it. Like Max wiped out trying to get that connect for not connect for connect across whatever uh, they trying to get the piece. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because that obstacle was completely saturated and lava. Yep. But then when um, Frank had to sidetrack to get it instead Mm-hmm. He knocked all those pieces off first, and then there was dry obstacle right. underneath yeah. them. And and I don't know whether that was a you know like a coincidence if he thought, well, I just need to get these off first, or maybe I won't have to get on the obstacle if I can just knock them down, um, or if he was actually thinking about like, oh, it'll be dry under there. But like regardless, that was a, a wildly kind of intellectual way to solve that problem. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I think, and and also like waiting and saying you can jump into my arms and I will catch you yes. seems to be a, a winning strategy if you're willing to do it. You have yep. to have both parties It works parties for a couple willing. of people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, on that note a little bit onto the next team, Latin Heat, uh, I feel like in general had a lot better teamwork, like yes. overall, mm-hmm. the whole room. They were, they were yelling to each other. They were helping each other out. Um, although... <laughs> Their intro package was so bananas. <laughs> I like Pablo was just a a, a yelling hype man in <laughs> I mean a really beautiful way. Like in a lot of ways, I'm like, hell yeah, I'm so glad that you have this kind of enthusiasm. I'm so glad that you're excited for this. Your uh your theme is clearly a little strung together with mm-hmm. like string and duct tape. But uh, that's fine. You know, you guys are excited. Uh, I guess they didn't want to just be like the actors because secretly that applies to almost everyone on this show. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But wow. Uh, I also was like, they didn't show us the intro package until the guys were already started. Yeah. I thought that was Uh, an interesting choice. Yeah. 
and then used it to like skip some stuff. Be like, you've seen someone I, go through. It seemed a tunnel. like they moved very quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were like, you've seen someone go through the slide tunnel thing. You've seen people walk across the the extra sketchy board. Like, you get it. It's fine. Nothing interesting <laughs> happens here. We promise. Here's here's <laughs> them talking about being Hispanic for a while. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it must be hard to know which parts to cut, right? Because yeah. you want to show people's runs and represent them, but you also kind of have to have that dramatic build, and you also want people to have, you know, said or done something interesting in the right. course of doing those obstacles, because you don't want it to just be the same the same run again, because um, I, I think that that could be kind of boring. I don't know. It would yeah. be interesting to see the, what was cut. Um, I would just from a curiosity standpoint. Yeah. My default guess would be that like, oh, they didn't really talk much during that mm -hmm. part or like do much. But like this team wasn't a quiet team. They weren't no. not talking to each other. So I don't think that's it. Uh, but yeah, it was bananas. Uh, Lane, the the token white guy for the team, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Who only made the others seem more Latin by yes by just, just by comparison there. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah he uh, I delighted in him because I mean his his whole shtick was that he was raised by raised to be a soldier by his like Marine Corps dad stepdad stepdad yeah, yeah. Um, and so I was noticing like he was climbing up the rope ladder to get to the treehouse and um, and he. Uh, was like doing some really intense heavy breathing, which Rutledge commented on. Um, but then he also every time he successfully like got through an obstacle, so like he got to the top of the treehouse, or like when he did the rope swing, he did a little like salute. I was like, okay, bud. Um, okay. I mean, I guess they said you guys are actors, and like you're trying to yeah. make play a character here, but like. It is, it is a game show where you're playing the children's game floor is lava. Like, <laughs> yeah, he was. He this was, isn't Seal Team Six. <laughs> I did notice he was also he crossed himself a few. He did the sign of the cross a few times, yes, he did. which I think is very valid. Um, yeah, I think we, we have terrifying. seen other people entreat entreat various powers on this course, and it seems yes. to work out for them. So you know, no shade, but I, I mean, I, I, I wonder if with this guy. I think they all had really big actor energy mm -hmm. um, of being willing to kind of push whatever trait seemed like it was going to work in the room um, to be dramatic. And Lane, I am 1000% certain, especially given the Captain America joke, that <laughs> most of his auditions, the sides say Captain America type or Chris yeah. Evans type, because he has that <laughs> he has that vibe like so much. Um, and I, I actually wondered even if he had been potentially up for that role because it seemed like it was maybe a little bit of a sore spot potentially. <laughs> I'm wondering if Ooh. there's a little bit of a a feeling of rivalry of of not getting roles because he isn't Chris Evans, but there is a similarity there. <laughs> right. We were watching it, uh, and uh, and my husband Nate said like, "This is a discount Captain America. He's got <laughs> he's got pre." super soldier serum like head and hair and then the rest of him is chris evans now <laughs> <laughs> and then he did say something like one of them called him captain america and he was like that's my activation fate that's and my activation he went phase. into it mm -hmm. yeah and like he did too them 
like getting out, I made a note of the fact that he got out first and then like set up to catch everybody mm-hmm. and was doing a great job, like taking it very seriously. Great teamwork. Great. You know, uh, it was just like good strategy. But he was so in it he also like after max got out he was back there celebrating and his celebration started like encroaching into the space that uh pablo was gonna need to jump out (laughs) and and lane like had his hand out was like holding him back while he was still like focused like laser beam gaze on pablo to make sure he could got could get out like that was impressive yeah i saw that he never turned around he just put the hand out he just knew he was back there yep he's just he was just the perfect like aware of his surroundings but like laser focused on his goal it was i mean truly a a great uh, a, a great like commanding officer style mm-hmm. situation to be in. He really lived up to it, which is wild to me. So which part do you think they're going to use on their clip reels? Ah, uh, Man, mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like it would be, I mean, for, for Lane, I think it's him like getting everybody out, to be honest. I think it's going to see be, him on the bed. His swing over to the bed was, was very graceful. Yes, yes. That's very true. graceful. It was, it was very impressive. I did make note of like, that was a wild swing. Cause he did like, yeah. He swung out and away from it too far and then like swung back. And so he had like a bunch of spins and and a a really fast landing to have to deal with. So it does end up looking extremely impressive. Yeah. Well, and I mean, even just exiting the room, he turned a, a belly flop into a handstand. Yeah. Which I'm pretty sure yes. is a first, even with all of the like incredibly athletic people who have done this show. Yeah. Um, to, to pull that off, like the man, it's got it's a lot of core strength there, I'm sensing. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. I did have one Rutledge quote I just wanted to cover from that team, which was clearly the way you could hear it sounded like he was kind of saying it to himself up on the balcony and (laughs) the sound guys were like, well, we got to use that because you could hear that it had been like amplified a little bit Mm. because it was just Rutledge saying, wow, where's the rest of that shirt about Max? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. And I was like, this is beautiful. That was the most genuine, pure Rutledge quote I think we've ever gotten. And I loved it. (laughs) I... I think I like his quotes when there's another team up there, when it's the first team going and he's just kind of making quotes to no one. Yeah. And he's not looking at the camera. It's just kind of like, you okay? Yeah. It's definitely easier for him to to play off of somebody else. Uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, which I get. I sure wouldn't do this podcast alone. Um, So I I understand. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then, yeah, our third team was a a tag team group not tag team uh i wish i wish my coworker sarah was here because she's a big wrestling fan um and she would tell me what i'm actually supposed to say but like a group team from uh AEW specifically mm-hmm. which yeah, uh was it looks bananas. like they had a did they have a fourth member cuz there was a fourth person on their matching t-shirts and i was like i wonder how oh, that conversation yeah. went down of you're the four best friends and there's only three people allowed on a team. So. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't even notice that. Uh, oh, again, if Sarah were here, I would ask her. But uh, I think <laughs> I think it'll be OK. They saved the best for last. They truly I be did. Honest. I loved this team. I was. Yes. I was 
all in 100%. They stayed in character to their wrestling personas the whole time. And Which makes you wonder how much of a, you know, how much is a character? Right. Mm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, they could either just be really good or they could just be like that um, <laughs> or kind of both. Um, but Orange Cassidy was my hero. I loved yes. everything about this man. He was so in character. I loved his shirt of himself. I love that that's definitely his wrestling outfit all the time anyway. Um, I did truly believe for mm, probably about half the course that those were really jeans that he was wearing. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was like... Were they not? No, they were like sweat pants that were really, oh, okay. really, really well... Uh, yeah costume designed to look like jeans yeah um, like almost a jegging but not quite yeah i actually kind of want whatever whatever those were they looked really comfortable so i want I them like yes if uh if aew wants a merchandising idea uh please sell those pants i will buy them <laughs> uh, but how quickly did you notice his shirt his shirt almost instantly i was obsessed. oh see i <laughs> <laughs> I watched the episode twice, uh, including right before we, we came on for this. And the first time I watched it and they did the big reveal of the shirt, I, I must have laughed for like 20 minutes. <laughs> and so then bad. when I watched again, I'm like, he's wearing that shirt the whole time. Yeah. And I hadn't no I hadn't noticed. <laughs> yeah, it's so I good. love that shirt. It was so good. I was just delighted. Like him coming out in his full like costume when they are, you know, looking at the room before the run starts and then like taking the time to like take his jean jacket off and his sunglasses and like throw them aside when i think the clock has started yes. <laughs> it was so good i just yeah, loved yeah. it and he was just leaning i mean even once they had started the course he was just kind of leaning very casually against the wall like he was yep. he's the only person i can think of who has done any of these courses who did not look like they were at all concerned like and he never did he never let that let that drop i think the difference here is the previous group may have been actors but the aew folks are performers right and they are used to doing this you know this mm -hmm. is this is a hundred percent in their wheelhouse um and it was very it was very delightful to watch i mean not that there's anything wrong with all of these other teams or the way that they approach the courses but this was um this was delightful it was a gift. It was truly wonderful. I think there should be a spinoff series of uh, Flores Lava that is just <laughs> pro wrestlers um, because <laughs> this was the most fun to watch. <laughs> and it had to be by design, right? right? Because, I mean, if there were four people on the best friends club team or whatever they are, and they pick the guy who clearly does not want to be there right <laughs> that that all has to be you know a performance yeah it was so good um i also loved that uh chuck's uh he's like the kentucky gentleman is his uh persona uh or maybe both like right but it said kentucky gentleman on the butt of his pants mm -hmm. <laughs> i was like this is the best uh, and then I had had a moment of like, I wonder if Chris's name is on the butt of her leggings. And I was again, I was watching with my husband and he's like, no way. That would be nowhere near as funny. So there's no way. <laughs> and sure enough, it wasn't. 
<laughs> but we got such a good shot of it as uh, as Chuck went through the the um, the tube slide. I was just like, this is so great. And yeah. he was so clearly supposed to be like the cheerful, like leader of the group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for the most part, did not care about him. Like he was great. Don't get me wrong. He was delightful. He was a, a perfect part of the team. Also, if I had to rank them as favorites, he would be last because, you know, <laughs> he was just sort of like, I'm here. I'm having a great time. Yeah. It was an interesting mix of approaches on one team, I thought. Um, yeah. That, that I feel like we've had some teams where in recent episodes that they've they've had kind of a similar approach to the course. And he was definitely nervous. Um, yeah. And didn't didn't have that kind of this is my wrestling persona vibe. He was just kind of. He was acting like a, a normal person would act. Right. Um, and and Chris was kind of in between because she was trying really hard to to like cheerlead people and hype them up. And she had that kind of like fitness instructor energy, but in a good supportive way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, obviously. <laughs> then, orange then we have is cheerleading. Orange, yeah. Who's who's just completely doing a bit the whole time. And I, I thought that that combination was actually um, really good. So I felt I felt mm-hmm. bad that. um I felt bad that Chuck went in so early um, and, so, and so accidentally. Yeah. It, anticlimactically. Yes, mm-hmm. that's exactly it. It was so, so anticlimactic. I, I truly feel like he was kind of messing around a little bit over there for a while. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that that is kind of what came back to bite him because he was fidgeting on the little swing uh, in a way where I'm like, just sit still. Just sit still. If you're not going to go to the next thing, just like stop moving. And every time <laughs> I also watched this twice. And so the first time I was like, whoa, what happened? He's just gone. And yeah. the second time I was just watching. And like every time he moved or shifted or tried to like lift himself up or whatever, I was like, you did this to yourself. And I'm so sorry. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was hard. It was hard to watch. I mean, I think I think he had the same problem that some other people had had where they lost their footing. Mm-hmm. And you would think, I mean, he's a big buff guy. He should have been able to catch himself, you know, with his arms, but he just couldn't get a grip. And I think yeah. I think he had lava on both hands because there I was so a too. shot just before that, I think after he was trying to knock down what he initially thought was a bear. I did think that was very funny. Just yes. the, the immediate pivot from <laughs> go away bear to go away monkey. Um, but you could see, like I said, you could see paint on his hands. And I think that he had had lava on both palms, mm. like right where you would be gripping the rope. And I think it was just, it was just a lost cause at that point that, yeah. you know, everything was slick and there was, there was no coming back. But yeah, I, it was very unclear what exactly he had been doing that he was repositioning in the first place that he did slip. But, uh, you know, the lava is going to get you one way or the other, I guess. It is. And I think that the the ropes are in. Well, I'm speaking as a very out of shape human. Right. Just after the ease of the slide, because the slide kind of gets you a third of the way across. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They they have to kind of even it out by making the ropes really, really difficult. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, it's just they're really difficult. And yeah. when the room seems to have been pre-saturated with lava on every smooth surface, it's just so treacherous. Yeah. I mean, those swings seemed like you would be better off if you just hung from the ropes than trying to stand mm-hmm. on the swings. Yeah. 
and uh, I mean, uh, you know, both in the the fitness fanatics and this team, we saw that happen where it was slipping on the on the swing itself, and the only thing that could possibly save you is upper body strength just holding onto the ropes. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, it's bananas. Um, I did. I I was heartbroken that he fell in so quickly. Um, and, and that it was like, well, okay, I guess it's mostly Chris, uh, at this point (laughs) because, uh, Orange Cassidy is going to be the epitome of, uh, of his character (laughs) and just do whatever he has to do. I loved him cheering for Chris so much. (laughs) I, I want to record that and have that play on a loop anytime I'm doing something difficult. (laughs) I bet you he's on cameo. Like I bet he I'll is. say right now, I bet uh, he is. <laughs> and the fact that he was just kind of standing there, and clearly they had a shot of him. He knew the camera was on him. He's yep. like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna. You go, go ahead. Yeah, good work. Absolutely perfect. Um, yeah, this was also the run that made me realize how sticky the lava might be, just because every time, because. Uh, uh, Chris ended up on both of the like beds in the room mm-hmm. and both times the every time she would take a step the blankets would just like come with her shoes. Yes. yes. Every yes. time. And so her finally like throwing the sheets off of the bed. I'm pretty sure all of the teams that got there did that at some point but they just like fully showed it for Chris. Um and I was like, yeah, that seems smart cuz Blankets being on that bed seems like a trap. It seems like they're just trying to trip you up with that. Yeah, I feel like they did figure out after Chuck fell that the obstacles were really, really slick Mm -hmm. um, because they they pretty much stayed. They stayed really, really low. Um, I mean, like Orange doing kind of a bit, I guess, crawling across the hopscotch, Mm -hmm. which I don't think we've seen anybody do. Yeah, Um, it was a weird choice. But then in hindsight, I was kind of like, okay, so this is funny and it works for the bit. But also, if he had tried to step aside from it, not necessarily being interesting, I think he was maybe sensing that he was just going to wipe out. Yeah. Um, And and so that it was the right call, you know, from a strategic standpoint, not just from a dramatic one. Like, I I think he was actually committed to trying to get out of the room, um, despite his sort of uh, outward attitude. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I mean, especially about halfway through the room, I felt like the character dropped a little. <laughs> and he was like, all right, I mean, we got to do this. I can't just stand here. <laughs> yeah. I think once he realized she wasn't going to be able to undo the the four crossboards, so he was going to have to make it himself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, yeah, him like crawling across the hopscotch thing was beautiful. Um I did uh, truly, when I saw that he was going to go for the the ball, I was like, I know the jump to the uh, Rubik's Cube is harder, but you should just jump to the Rubik's Cube, man. <laughs> I don't know. I, I know that armchair quarterbacking is basically uh, what this show is, uh, and so I shouldn't feel too bad about it, but also I'm <laughs> like, but you, you could have. I bet you could have made that jump. There were so many like grips on that thing. Like everybody felt it seemed like they were not going to make that jump, but there was so much opportunity to like grip onto something and pull yourself up in a way that there just yeah. isn't on most things on this show, frankly. But 
especially not on the ball. Yeah. 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 Chris almost lost it on the Rubik's Cube, too. And that was Mm -hmm. totally an upper body strength thing. So he probably could have made it if you just kind of if you jump with commitment and you manage to get your arms out enough and you have the upper body strength to compensate. It works. Although I I am glad that he did not go that way and went for the ball because this is by far my favorite fall into the lava in yes. any episode. I want a gif of this. This is, um, <laughs> it was, it was, it was absolutely high art. Yeah, it was beautiful. I truly believed that he was going to be able to pull it off uh, for a while there. He looked like, so good. <laughs> he landed, right? Like he looked like he was getting it. And then as he was trying to like situate himself to pull himself up, he started to slip to the side and you saw, you saw the second he realized he was slipping to the side, he was like, and I'm going. I don't I don't care. We're doing this. Like, this is my moment. And my moment is going to be to do my half-hearted, don't even extend my thumb all the way, thumbs up as I go down. It was art. It was perfection. I loved it. Was that a Terminator thumb? Or was that... Because at the end of, I hope I'm not spoiling a now 30-year-old movie, but the end of, I think it's Terminator 2, when yeah. he disappears into the lava with the thumbs up. So yeah. I know, I mean, I know that's a thing, but he, I'm pretty sure, like, Orange Cassidy, as part of his character and shtick, oh, okay. he has the little thumbs up. Because he had done it in their intro package, he had right. done it uh, in, like, in some of the shots from them actually wrestling i think he's doing it and every time it's this little thumbs up with like a practically still curled in thumb it's you (laughs) the least right it is the least effort you could possibly make at a thumbs up it is a half-hearted thumbs up at best which is so good and he managed to pull that off as he's going in and i was like you're the best you're my hero okay will you be my dad (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I feel like he may have been. I also thought of the Terminator. So I think it might have been just uh, a moment of artistic symmetry there. Yes. I do think that, like, this team was especially good, maybe in part because they're okay with losing and having that be the entertaining part, right? Like, I mean, I think think if you're in professional wrestling, you know, at some point you're going to be the bad guy or you're going to be the person who's not very competent or, mm-hmm. you know, you're definitely going to have to lose and you want to make losing as entertaining as possible for the people who are watching and fun for yourself. So I feel like they cared about whether or not they made it, but at the same time they were willing to sacrifice that for it being cool, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, there was something very, very poetically beautiful about that like it it just it felt like um just the perfect fit for the show yeah well and they had that little kind of coda to their them back on the couches just kind of discussing Mm -hmm. it and it just i don't know they they, like you said they're they're performers but i think they were even in some ways better than the actors because i looked at my wife and i was like what's the what's the ride home gonna be like i know (laughs) (laughs) i was icy that i loved that like outro video so much i loved them apologizing to chris and her like standing on a chair and just glaring (laughs) at them everything about that was so good and like we don't generally see outro bits from like losing teams very often it's happened before but maybe only a couple of times Mm -hmm. and like this was so perfect they absolutely deserved it and they deserved more screen time. So they got it because they were amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But yeah, yeah, it was. If there's, if there's an all star, if there's an all star season, I hope they come back. Uh, I hope they're so one too. of the teams that I hope I hope return and have another chance. Yeah, I, yeah, they have every right to kick somebody's butt at this show. <laughs> um, and they almost made it. They almost mm-hmm. made it. Uh, it was. There have certainly been teams that have gotten across with less. Yeah, yeah, there have been plenty of people who didn't get a, a third person across at all, um, or gotten even as far in the room. So, yeah, I mean, it's a it was a feat to be sure. And then, I mean, as heartbreaking as it was to go to the volcano without them, uh, if you had asked me when we knew what two teams were going to go to the volcano, which one I thought would win, uh, Mm -hmm. it would have been Latin Heat because Mm -hmm. because they managed to get all three people out of the room. They used teamwork consistently throughout like they did. Uh, it just, it's felt like they did a better job in the room itself. And I should have remembered that that doesn't matter when it comes to the <laughs> volcano. <laughs> volcano don't care. Well, cause they didn't use any of that. They didn't right. use any teamwork. There was no communication. It was so evenly matched when they first started going out. It, it was like neck and neck for the longest time. And then when they got to that rope, it all kind of fell apart. The rope. I couldn't believe it. Like I'm, I don't know if it's loud in that room because like Rutledge was visibly yelling about yeah. the the rope not being thrown down well enough by. Um, yeah. uh, I don't remember who th- even threw it, Max. Um, but I think it was, it Lane. was Lane. Yeah, it was Lane. So, yeah, the he was actively yelling from the other side of the room, which like is a large room. But I don't know. Maybe it's just loud in there. Uh and like there was no attempt to turn around and fix it. Uh, this is one of the times I've most clearly seen everybody like uh, buckling into like the safety harness at the top. Yes. Half. Um, probably because there was just no getting around, like no editing around that because of this rope situation where it was like, yeah. I threw the rope down. Cool. I'm going to deal with my harness now. Uh, <laughs> just He didn't even look back once. No. And like the other two were just struggling. And that was uh, basically too bad. Um, while the fitness fanatics who like. It felt like in their run didn't really figure out like, oh, we could be helping each other uh, <laughs> until the very yeah. end were 100% like communicating and climbing really well and helping each other. And then like, they're the first team I've seen pretty successfully just cram two people up all the way at the top uh, Mm -hmm. without having the other person just take the time to like climb all the way back down to get out of the way. Um, And it went really well for them. (laughs) Yeah. And that was because they were like communicating and like, being aware of each other and keeping an eye out and all of that stuff. The volcano part of this episode went so fast. Mm-hmm. It they was, really, I think the fastest I've seen. I think it probably was like if, if, because we, you know, with the editing, we don't really have like a running clock on those volcano runs, but I think it has right. to have been one of the fastest just in terms of um, like how long, how fast they got everybody to the base. How fast were they getting, getting someone up to get the rope down? It has to have been one of the faster runs from both teams. Mm-hmm. And they were really, really close. And honestly, I think the rope slipping sideways cost them time. And, uh, also the fitness, the fitness team made it to the base just slightly, just slightly before Latin heat. I think it was Max 
just waited a little bit too long to jump. Like, I think he got a little psyched out about that last jump. Um, Or maybe didn't remember in the moment, like, oh, wait, we all have to be there. I think that you're right about the room being loud. I am sensing that there are probably some very significant pumps that have to move the lava up to the top of the volcano. Um, And by the time you're fighting against that much gravity, it's got to be loud. The machinery has to be loud. I mean, we also know that that pump uh, is extremely strong because when somebody wins... They shoot lava out of the top of that volcano and Mm -hmm. every single time it blows at least one of the rocks that they just placed out and like flames it. And it's it's the ultimate monopoly board flip. It's so good. (laughs) And I love it so much. And if it was on purpose, then like props to him. And if it was an accident, like way to go anyway, because it's (laughs) so good. It is. It is. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It was a truly remarkable episode all around everything about it like top to bottom i was delighted (laughs) (laughs) i was really feeling it uh, heart rate wise i think especially by the by the volcano by the end of the volcano i just get that you know like second hand anxiety of oh no who's gonna who's gonna win you're behind you've got your you've got your rock sideways you got to turn it around (laughs) yep yeah every second counted in like the most intense way i've ever seen it was so good so obviously the losing team has to slide down the slide, mm-hmm. which may not be such a loss because that looks like fun. Yeah. How does the winning team get down? <laughs> Probably they also slide down the slide. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I would hope so. Yeah. I would hope so, too. I mean, I feel like it's a treat. I feel like I would like to. Um, I, I think at least once we've had the winning team choose to do it anyway um, yeah. on screen. But yeah. It's got to be do- the safest way down, right? Right. Like. Yeah, you don't want to climb down and risk like twisting your ankle or something dumb like that. So, yeah, just just take a slide. Have a fun time. Like some of y'all never got dirty on this. You didn't go in the lava or nothing. So, like, (laughs) let's go. It's not a true lava experience if you don't at least go in once. Yeah. And the other thing that they brought up even before they started the the volcano run was there's one lava lamp. You get one. Yeah. You have to choose who gets it. (laughs) Which is kind of unfair, but also, like, there's so, at the end of the day, when you think about, like, $10,000 split three ways and a lava lamp split three ways. (laughs) That's so low stakes. And so the fact that everyone's so committed to it, it's just amazing. Well, they're they're in a co-living space. So this this is the one team that's won that does not have to fight over who gets to to keep the lava lamp. (laughs) Oh, that's so true. That justifies the In Venice, that's rent for, like, two months. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's so good. Oh man, I hadn't even <laughs> hadn't even processed that part. I mean, you know, when you win the Super Bowl, there's only one Lombardi trophy and that doesn't seem to cause an issue. I guess because it probably lives at like the stadium or something. But <laughs> and you get rings. And yeah, you get rings. Yeah. That's true. They get rings. So, I you know, what do do hockey players when the Stanley when they win the Stanley Cup is there something else they get cuz I know that that one gets passed around a lot and is uh nasty because everybody drinks out of it all the time <laughs> um but yeah i don't know i mean i guess this just puts you know flores lava in the ranks of like professional hockey and football there's one <laughs> trophy right that sounds about right yeah, yeah i think they're about on the same level <laughs> didn't didn't rutledge have a line about that about uh this being the stanley cup of um of jumping onto things or something like that. Oh man. Yes, he did. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. See, so it's basically <laughs> the same thing. It's basically the same thing. 
Uh, so, Sean, uh, when we have guests on the show, which is every week, uh, we <laughs> like to ask them uh, who their like dream team would be if they competed on the show. Um, so, you know, it could be a, a celebrity. It could be a fictional person. It could be like just a friend of yours. Uh, it could be real imaginary whatever you want so uh so who do you think you would want to tackle tackle the the kids room with well, well first i i have to say my wife who mm-hmm. sadly was probably too young to be on guts but she always wanted that was that was her dream um <laughs> i could I see know. that happening kate would absolutely <laughs> I still destroy. Could, yes absolutely <laughs> uh and then i'm gonna go with the, for my other teammate schrodinger's cat because simultaneously he'll make it and simultaneously, he'll fall into the How lot. would they count that? Yeah, what is this exactly? Wow, that's probably half. That's probably half. And then, of course, <laughs> I would, I would just stand there. I would, I wouldn't be nearly as cool as Orange, just kind of like, you know, so blasé about the whole thing. But I probably wouldn't make it too much further than than the ledge. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> also, we the the Netflix synergy in yeah. this episode, just the random. The random Demogorgon that, oh. like nobody interacted with. But is that a new thing? Everybody seemed to think that it was part of the room. Uh, so this room was featured in season two also uh, okay. in this setup. And the Demogorgon came out uh, th- there as well. Uh, it's just supposed to be the monster under the bed. Um, but yeah, like everybody commented on it and was like, what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> Which I was like, it's just a joke. It's just a goof. There was, I noticed, a light switch on the wall. Yes, that that nobody did anything Mm -hmm. with. And I'm fascinated by it. I remember this being a thing in season one uh, for us, seeing a bunch of like seemingly possible things to interact with that nobody ever did. And it didn't, maybe it didn't do anything. I didn't know if like maybe... Part of the trick of that was like, you know, the lights had gone out and it was flashing and all this when this Demogorgon came on. Uh, maybe you needed to flip that switch to get the lights back on in the room. Huh. Because mm. it even possible. had the like little spotlight on it like they do on the exit passes to be like, oh. Don't for- hey, you should notice this. That, um, that definitely implies that it did do something and that it's simply no one who was doing a run noticed that it was there. So they never called it out because it didn't it didn't matter. That, that would be interesting if so, like from a design standpoint, because yeah. they had the problem in the game room where everybody was convinced that the red button on the joystick would make it stop spinning. Right. Right. So it would be very funny if, I mean, that's that's very much like a design problem that, that happens that no matter how carefully you think it through, you mm-hmm. can't really control for what people are going to do <laughs> exactly yeah. and the way we they're going to approach things. We should uh, question uh, our friend Stad about this, who is a <laughs> challenge designer on game mm-hmm. shows, because that that's would be cool. fascinating. Yeah. yeah. That's a cool he, job. He was on uh, season one of the podcast with us. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was fascinating to talk through some of these things with him. I also think it's possible that everyone interacted with that light switch and it just like was not an interesting thing. <laughs> Everybody just sort of flipped the lights real quick and it was like, OK, if we need to cut. 10 seconds you know here and there that's an easy cut to make yeah (laughs) oh yeah 
well, yeah, that sounds great, Sean. I think you've tricked the system by having a mm-hmm. teammate who is simultaneously successful and unsuccessful in their run. Uh, that was the idea. Yeah. Hopefully that'll be the right amount to, you know, put us over the edge and, right. and get us to the volcano. <laughs> if, if you and Kate got through and then, you know, the cat maybe did, maybe didn't, and the other teams all had two, you don't have to worry about your time because you've got two and a half. Right. So nailed exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, well, Sean, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been yeah, an absolute thank you delight for having to have me. you. Um, it, thank, this has been really fun. I'm so glad. I uh, Yeah, it was really, really fun talking about it with you. Um, would you like to share where people can find you? Uh, sure. I'm, I'm primarily on Twitter now, uh, at Stories by Sean, S-E-A-N, where I'm just making sarcastic comments. So it's nothing really of value, but you're... <laughs> In case you need one more person making sarcastic comments on Twitter, I, mean, I can be your man. Yeah. You know, there's something to it, especially if I, it's somebody I know who um, isn't, you know, a trash person or a bot. Like, that's pretty good for me. Adding one more real human being to my my Twitter feed is uh, not bad. <laughs> and pretty rare these days. Yes. Uh, well, great. Uh, then, yeah, I, I hope uh, I hope. People check you out, and I'm, I'm glad you were here. It was fun. Uh, thank you to Dr. Popular for the use of the theme song Lava as the intro and outro of our program. Uh, you can find more of his music on Bandcamp, and I've linked that in the episode description. And I think we may never know whether or not Schrodinger's cat does or does not make it to the top of the volcano. But the one thing that we do know is all's fair in lava and... Floor! Floor! <laughs> <laughs> 